0: I wanted to keep my foot in the door in the industry and yeah i wanted to create a hair community on instagram because i knew back then hairdressers on instagram like sharing hair photos on instagram was kind of the beginning today
1: i'm here with nicole Healy, who started the melbourne hair blogger instagram page six years ago who you'd all know Nicole was one of the smart ones who caught on early and realized that there was a great opportunity for her to grow a community of stylists and keep connected, especially while she stepped off the floor to be with her family. She has grown her page now to over 100,000 followers and shares her learnings to teach salon owners through Social Salon School all over the world how to use Facebook and Instagram for marketing. She was always interested in tech, even at school, and loves how those two passions have combined for her now. She has a job that truly brings her so much happiness. Nicole is a mum of two babies and places a big importance on family, which was one of her core business values. She knows socials inside and out and she shares so generously. This episode is loaded with heaps of educational tips and of course, Nicole's story. Please check out all of Nicole's services and follow her pages. We will link them in the description. Like I said before, I've wanted to do this with you for a long time. So thank you for making the time. I think I really want to start by just hearing your story. I, I usually get started by hearing a bit of a backstory of how you kind of got to here. And I know that you, you are a stylist and you started the Melbourne Hair Blogger when you stepped away from the salon floor, I think after you had Noah. Is that right?
0: Yeah. So I started Melbourne Hair Blogger six and a half years ago. Um, I started it when I actually stepped away from working on the salon floor. I'd worked on the salon floor back then probably for maybe 13 or 14 years. And I was just getting burnt out as a hairstylist. And I just had some family stuff going on. And it was really my time to take a break from the industry. I was feeling really exhausted. One of my family members, which was my nana, she was really sick. And, you know, for so long in the industry, I had really focused on work and less about family, which tends to happen from time to time. We get so driven in the industry, then uh, something like that happens that someone gets so sick that you realize that you need to spend time with that person. So, yeah, mentally, I wasn't in a good spot um, because my grandma was like a mum to me. So I, yeah, I, I quit my job. I landed my dream job and within a really? dream job so um, yeah and then yeah yeah that
1: happens sometimes yeah. though doesn't
0: it yeah mm. so yeah I just yeah. like honestly wasn't in the right headspace my my family lived two hours away from the city and yeah going back there every weekend just you know mm. wasn't enough time for me to spend with my nana and I knew that she didn't have much time left and my mum needed help looking after her as well my mom was looking after her full-time and you know what I needed to help my mom so yeah I did that and honestly it was the best thing I ever did I yeah I honestly think I would regret it if I didn't do that and then yeah I knew that I wanted to keep my foot in the door in the industry and yeah I wanted to create a hair community on Instagram because I knew back then hairdressers on Instagram like sharing hair photos yeah, on Instagram in was at kind beginning. of the beginning And I had a hair account, but I was kind of mixing personal and hair together, which I actually didn't like. I wanted to keep it really separate. And yeah, I started a hair community. Obviously it was just sharing hairdressers around Melbourne because that's what I knew back then and kind of blew up in like six months. I had 10,000 followers because it was something so, yeah, it was something so new. not
1: everyone was doing it. It was
0: something so, so new. And then, yeah, now it's global. I can, I share people from all over the world, which is crazy. Um, But you know what, even like from doing that back then, I was asked, people asking me um, social media tips. How did you do that? How did you grow so quickly? And, you know, it was a real niche kind of thing. I was already doing marketing. For all the salons I had worked at, I was really helping them with all their marketing tools, even when Facebook started, email marketing, anything to do with that, I was really into anyway because I love technology. I've always loved technology, even as a kid, even in high school, my teachers in high school thought I was going to get into yes. something to do with technology and not hairdressing. And always did really, really well on like a computer and all that kind of stuff at school. And then when I told my teacher I wanted to be a hairdresser, he was like, I don't think you should be a hairdresser. Like I think you're really good at this kind of stuff. So it's funny how, you know, life evolves and now I've got to mix hairdressing and technology in with each other. And, you know, it's a really important part of our job now, which we probably didn't think, you know, when I started hairdressing 20 years ago, I would not have thought that I would now be doing what I do now as a job full-time and not a hairdresser, which is crazy. Um, But yeah, Melbourne Hair Blogger kind of came from a place that, um, yeah, I just didn't even think it would become what it is now. I never in my wildest dreams thought I'd have, you know, over 120,000 people following me on social media six years ago. It was just a hobby. And now it's a full on business. I coach people all over the world how to run their businesses using social media marketing. So yeah, honestly, I, I do think, and I, this comes from a spiritual place because I'm a very spiritual person, but I do think, you know, maybe this was something that my grandma gave me that, you know, it's just like, thanks for looking after me. This is what you deserve. Like, you know, you're following your passion. Uh, you know, I did go back and work in a salon maybe 18 months yeah. after I had stopped hairdressing. Um, yeah. And I, I didn't, honestly, didn't even use my Melbourne hair blogger page to grow a clientele, uh, when I did go back to working in a salon, I actually started a new Instagram account, which was, um, and, and again, I've evolved that in, back into community because I don't do hairdressing at all anymore, which if you follow Best Blondes in Melbourne account, that was my account for when I worked as a hairstylist. And now I evolved it back right. to community. Yeah. I think I do. do.
1: You know account? I, I'm not 100% sure. I think yeah, I feel like of- I do, but I'm not, yeah, I'm not 100% sure. i have to go and find it.
0: <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I don't yeah. really post on there anymore. I used to, but, you know, running five Instagram accounts, you that's guys can imagine that's like full on. But, yeah, that was my account when I was a hairstylist. So I've always kept Melbourne Hair Blogger as a community page for hairstylists, and I kind of have never really made it about me at all, which I think mm. is what's kept it
1: yeah, community-based.
0: I think what happens to a lot of people, they go, yeah, I guess sometimes, you know, people grow huge followings on social media and then they start making it a little bit more about themselves where I feel like my messaging and my branding has always been on brand the whole six and a half years that I've had that page it's always been about hairstylists mm-hmm. in the industry and then I've also evolved into sharing tips on how they can grow their Instagram inside of there yeah and then I and started you, my social yeah, salon separated account. them so I've always had separate accounts for everything. So, you know, that's a tip I can give you guys. If you want to start business, making sure that you're having separate Instagram accounts. So it's a very clear message for your marketing mm. and your branding that you can't just everything together. It has okay, so to can we
1: talk on this topic <laughs> since we, we're on it? Let's just yeah. go with it. Um, because yeah, that is something that I struggled so much with. Um, like obviously we just spoke a little bit before, but let's go over it again if we can because I think this will be really helpful because I feel like once you build an audience and you obviously it's, oh, congratulations on that, by the way, like building your Melbourne hair blogger to be so big, it's amazing. I was just looking before, I was like, oh my God, it's gone up so much again. It's, It's crazy. So well done. But yeah, I think once you do, build your platform um, and then maybe you want to branch off to do something else. It's kind of hard to like, you know, you have to, it's almost like starting all over again. And that's sort of where I got with um, blush girl salon. Cause I, I worked so hard to build that. Um, and it very much felt like, you know, people knew me at blush girl salon and it's my salon and it's my business. Um, But I did feel pulled to want to speak more um, on business content and like running a salon and, you know, behind the scenes. And I started to do a little bit on Blush Girl Salon because I thought, well, this makes sense. It's the same sort of people. But every time I did it, I kind of had this sick feeling in my stomach. I'd be like, oh, this doesn't quite feel right. Um, But yeah, I think trying to like separate them and starting another account, it just felt like it felt like so much work and it felt like maybe it wasn't necessary, but you know, I've kind of figured that out now. Um, yeah. And that's sort of what you're saying. If you have a different purpose for the page, then it needs to be separate. Is that right? Like you can't kind yeah. of pivot your page and then all of a sudden start doing something completely different. Cause you'll lose mm-hmm. everyone. Is that what you think? Or it won't think- be as powerful. Like, what yeah, it- think- tell me,
0: tell me. Yeah, I guess with that, it's like who you're targeting. So every single time you're posting on Instagram, you have to be talking to a certain kind of person. You can't be talking to everybody because when you yeah. start talking, what are you talking to? Nobody. So if you're wanting to say branch off to be an educator, but you're mm-hmm. trying to leverage your education business from your Instagram account that's used for clients your content is then not speaking to clients. It's only speaking to hairdressers. And maybe your following is only clients. So then you're actually building a brand new Instagram account that's actually full of your ideal clients and customers, which is people in the industry. And your your content every single time you post is speaking to the industry. Whereas when you're posting about educational tips for hairdressers on your hairdressing page for clients, kind of makes no sense because clients don't understand hairdresser lingo it's totally different you know clients come in and they're like what's a 667 mm. like I don't know what that is so if you start talking in that lingo in a <laughs> Instagram account that's for hairdressers yeah. and clients you're not really speaking to anybody right so when you have a following, right you're kind of mark sure so building a, a new Instagram account yeah. that's for education or for your hairdressing podcast, you know, your content is speaking directly to the right people because your whole following is built up of people in the hairdressing industry, right? So I feel like my following now is Mm. more people in the general public and people in the industry, whereas for a really long time, it was only people in the hairdressing industry. So now I know that when I speak about anything around social media tips and tricks, I know that I'm posting that content on my social selling school account, not always on my Melbourne hair blogger account. And it's funny because a lot of people think, oh, you're probably going to get a lot of clients and a lot of coaching clients from your Melbourne hair blogger account, but it's actually totally the opposite because I don't really post much about about that there. Yes, I do have a great audience over there, but Mm. it's only purposeful for content of like hair tutorials and sharing content that hairdressers have done. But I feel like if I start sharing social media tips and tricks all the time over there, I'm probably not speaking to the right people, whereas I know on my other account I am speaking to the people mm. that is my ideal clients, that are the people I'm wanting to help is people in the hair and beauty industry.
1: Mm. So do you feel like you can use your Melbourne Hair Blogger to page to kind of, I guess, just create um, awareness of social salon school? Yeah. And then you'll pull them over so then you've got the right people so you can speak directly to them over yeah. there. Is that because you obviously, you, you like cross them over so that you can obviously make make the most of what you've built and pull the people out that are now going to, um, you know, get more value from your other page. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. so I feel like if there's anything yeah. valuable that I share on Social Sound School, I will share that to my story on Melbourne Hair Blogger. So then people can see that yeah. or if I think it's something really, really big that people need to know about, then I'll start sharing things like that over on that feed. But um, I do try and keep the two separate because I like it to be like a certain type of content on, on both. I'm very, very particular about what I share from Stop. Um, but, yeah, everything on Social Salon School is all about social media, Instagram yeah. tips and tricks for hairstylists and people in the beauty industry. Whereas Melbourne Hair Blogger is about sharing content from hairdressers all over the world. So you can kind of see if I start making it about myself and about my business, it's going to lose that community factor because it was never about Mm -hmm. me and it never will be about me. It's about the industry.
1: Yeah. So really you have to start, you know, once obviously you build that page and then you realize like you wanted to obviously branch out and help people because they're like asking you Mm -hmm. for help and it's almost like you had to start again with with the new page so that you could yeah speak straight to them no that makes it makes sense and then you can keep you can keep this um melbourne hair like your melbourne hair blogger page authentic and you can keep it you know still um really like yeah, like you said, community and still focused on the reason why you first started it and the reason why people first came there to follow you. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you know why, I'm very much someone that tests and trials things to see what works, because if I can see what works, then I can tell people that I coach this works or this doesn't work or don't do this because I did this and it didn't work for me. So I don't think it's a good idea. So when I did Mm -hmm. launch my social media education, I still did have my separate Instagram page, which is social sell in school. But you know what? I was talking a lot about it on my Melbourne Hair Blogger page and I feel like my engagement, even though I have a huge following over there, I feel like my engagement wasn't that high there because I don't think people were as interested in it. Like maybe they were following me because I love seeing hairdressers from all over the world and they weren't really interested in social media tips and tricks. So it is interesting to see the type of content because you have to remember, and I know this from a business point of view, is not every hairdresser is interested in growing their business using social media because they find it's too hard, right? It's it's too hard. I don't want to know about it. It's too hard. I just like posting pictures of hair and that's it. They're not interested in working on a strategy and that's fine. But then you do have the other point of view of hairdressers, like you and me, Lauren, that like are really into social media marketing. We're really passionate about it, really passionate about growing our business, like that real girl boss kind of attitude that I have right I'm really passionate about it but I've coached so many people as well that are like this is way too hard for me I'm just going to outsource no problem at all so I guess like I said your client your your content can't speak to everybody it has to speak to a certain type of person in order to grow your business
1: yeah, that's really, really helpful. It took me a long time to figure that out. I'm, I've finally, like, only in the last couple of weeks accepted. It. I'm like, okay, I need to accept that I can't do this here because it doesn't make sense and it's not fair, um, you know, to all the the beautiful clients who are there to yeah, you know, see our more um, client focused content. So I think that's really helpful. I I think I need to book a class with you, to be honest, so that I can like really like nut it out and get really clear on the different pages yeah. because it's, it is, it's so overwhelming to have all these different pages. It's like, okay, when I'm here, I'm speaking to this. And then when I'm here, I'm this person. Yeah. So I'm going to I do guess. that, and actually, now that I was going to talk to talk about this at the end, but we might as well talk about it since we are speaking about what you do offer. Um, do you want to share about what you what you yeah. offer your
0: services? So, why yeah. not? Let's talk about. Well, I like, guess now. now, like my education has changed in the past eighteen months, Ethan. Like you know, like I flew over to Adelaide. I did a car You came you here. Was <laughs> that was like nearly two years ago. Can you believe it?
1: I can't like I, when I was getting ready for today, I was like writing my notes. I
0: was like, Oh my God, that's right. Nicole came over here. So, yeah. so like, yeah. and hopefully, hopefully we'll go back to doing this. So I used to do in the salon classes. I used to travel all over Australia every single week. I was always on a plane every week, even sometimes twice a week, traveling to salons all over Australia, doing in salon content creation, social media, in-person training, then i was doing one on one one on one education like 3 4 hour master classes but then when covid happened yeah. it literally threw my business like i wouldn't say on its head but it did make me pivot my business a lot so what i do offer now and don't don't get me wrong i will end up doing that when we can travel freely again um but right now i offer one on one coaching uh People book them weekly fortnightly. they go for one hour. we talk about whatever they need help with with social media for their business, more so instagram um and then I also host a weekly webinar inside of my social salon school membership uh so I've got members from all over the world inside of there, so it's a quick thirty minute lesson inside of yeah a membership portal um yeah, and I get a everyone gets a lesson every single week. it's kind of droop fed. Um, Yeah. And it's really good because, you know, it's like an evergreen kind of platform that I built. So there's always new tips and tricks coming in. It's definitely not something that I would say is structured because Instagram is always changing. There's always something new coming out every week. So basically I base my lessons around kind of what's happening on Instagram. For that month, because people will be focusing on, you know, right now a lot of the content we talk about is Instagram Reels because video content, Instagram Reels, is such a huge thing. So, you know, really for this month and last month, we've been really focusing on video content, how to create video content, and you know, it's a, it's like a, uh, like a presentation. Everyone gets a workbook emailed to them every single week. Sometimes they're like up to twenty pages long. These workbooks. They get to work on, they get content planners. Uh, The first week of every month, we go through a content planning lesson. So I give them like 30 content ideas to do for that month. Cause I feel like what happens is a lot of people get stuck for content ideas coming up with new ideas. So mm. yeah. Give them really easy ideas to follow and yeah, they go for 30 minutes and you know, there's people from the hair and the beauty industry in there, which when I opened up the membership, I did launch it to the beauty industry. I wasn't really coaching the beauty industry much before then, but yeah, we've got quite a few people in there that are makeup artists, um, beauty therapists, injectables, yeah, so it's been awesome, and I'm really loving that. But yeah, hopefully, like I said, when we're free to travel again, I'll be able to go back into salons. Hopefully, Lauren, we can I can come back over to Adelaide and we can do something. Yes. Um, yeah, yes, you please. know, <laughs> much like.
1: I really want to do something with you. I reckon we could do something really yeah, I great so. together. I'd love that because I'm I'm passionate about content creation. So I'm con- I'm really passionate about the creative. Yes. Um, not so passionate or not so um, I guess knowledgeable about the back end. Like shocking with hashtags. Like terrible. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, you love um technology. Um, whereas I feel, yeah, i more sit in this, like really enjoy, you know, creating and, um, sharing. So yeah, actually now we're talking about hashtags. Can we talk about, <laughs> you did a post yesterday, so that was really helpful, yeah. but I'm the worst with hashtags. Like I honestly don't use them. I think for the first couple of years I didn't use them at all and then I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to at least try and then I was doing the whole comment thing. I always do the, co- like, in the in comments. The comments. Um, I don't know where I picked that. It's funny, isn't it? You must hear so many interesting things because you just kind of hear something and you'll just run with it. Oh, apparently if you do this, this works. Yep. So, yeah, I've been doing hashtags in the comments forever okay. um, but just generally really struggle to figure out what ones to use and why I'm even using so them. So I follow so- the
0: CEO of Instagram on Instagram, obviously, and he comes out with some really helpful Instagram tips and tricks. And he just came out, his name's Adam Mossori, I think his, his name is. Yeah. Um, but he basically yeah. drops facts about Instagram. Obviously, he's the CEO, so they're like facts you should go by. And I like to share them out with my community to help them. Um, so he came out just last week and he was talking about the search features on Instagram and how to get more reach, how to be seen and what Instagram, basically what you need to be doing in order to get seen. So whenever you're doing hashtags, and I've always said this to all of my coaching clients, think of Instagram when it comes to a search, to like searchable content on Instagram what is your ideal client searching for on Instagram in order to find your business? So, what are they typing in the Instagram search bar? Like, is it blonde specialist Adelaide, blonde specialist Melbourne, best blondes in Melbourne? Like, what are they searching on Instagram in order to find your business? So, you should be optimizing 10 to 15 keywords that you would use in like a Google search on Instagram in your hashtags. So, if you have 30 hashtags to use, use between 10 to 15 of keywords that you think people would use to find your business because you know a lot of th- a lot of times like you might search something on Instagram and it doesn't come up with anything because no one's ever used that hashtag on their post you know because a lot of people get stuck in this mindset that they only need to use hashtags that have 50 million people using them because it's popular which is kind of the opposite because if you're posting at the same it's time fine. as 50 yeah. million other people you're never going to get seen your contents getting pushed further and further and further and further down the hashtag feed whereas when you're using hashtags that maybe don't even exist or maybe it's got something like you know a thousand or 20,000 people using that hashtag yes it's still popular but your chances of being seen are a lot higher and a lot greater than 50 million posts in a hashtag feed so you know, when you when you are curating hashtags, if a hashtag doesn't come up or it doesn't exist, use that for your advantage because this is a this could be a searchable word that people are searching for on Instagram and no business is coming up. So, you know, it could be you know hair salon in your location, and maybe you're in a remote rural town and nothing comes up because no one's ever used it. You could have people searching for that. So you have to really think like a client and go back to Being a consumer and what their experience is like on Instagram, but then also filling up your hashtags of what's actually in the post. So Instagram can determine what your post is about and then using maybe 10 hashtags to do with the industry and brands that you use so brands can see you. Maybe you'll get reposted by a brand. Maybe you can start working with a brand because they can see that you're creating beautiful content. They want you to work with them alongside them as a content creator, but also industry ones because everyone loves a repost, right? So find all the industry-based hashtags that you like of, you know, industry accounts. So hopefully you've got the chance of being reposted by them. You know, describe what's in your post hashtags is a huge thing to talk about but yeah you have to think like a customer like what are you even searching for like you know something I can think of is if you went onto google right now what would you type into google to find your salon those words turn that into a hashtag you can create you know 10 to 15 or just keywords that you think people would use to find your business
1: that's so helpful and can I just ask, what do you think about, because you know how everyone sort of creates their own hashtag. What do you think about creating your own hashtag? Yeah. Do you think that that is, is that something, I guess you'd have to create it and then promote it, wouldn't you? Like use our hashtag. Yeah. Is that is that a thing? Is that
0: useful? Yeah, well, think about when I started Melbourne Hair Blogger. Melbourne Hair Blogger wasn't a hashtag. And if I search for it now, um, 727 72,000.7K posts are under there now. So, that, are you that's kidding my me? Hashtag. Oh, well yes. done. How good if is that? If you create a branded hashtag, people start to use it. It brings brand awareness back to your business. So, when it comes to using things like a branded hashtag, it could be like blush girl blondes, and everyone uses the hashtag blush girl blondes and it's got all your blondes in there mm. or blush girl vivid. Or red, reds, or yeah. coppers. So it's a real branded hashtag. So you could even say to clients, well, if you want to look at all the blondes that we've done, search on Instagram "blush girl blondes" and it will only come up with our blonde content. So it's almost like a feed of your work that's curated just for blondes. So yeah. So, so think good. about like a branded hashtag as like a Pinterest board. So like on Pinterest, mm. you pin things to a board that's specific for brunettes or blondes or fashion or whatever it is, the same thing for your business or maybe it's just your salon name. And then you can add things like that into your bio, which is your branded hashtag. So then in your bio, people could click on Blush Girl as the hashtag and see all the content that's been posted under that hashtag. So good. Is that
1: how you, um, with your hashtag... Will you go on to your hashtag and, and look, search for it? Yeah, content? so
0: originally when I started Melbourne yeah. Hair Blogger, I mean, I probably should do it a little bit more. I mean, but, you know, when I first started yeah. promoting that page and creating that page, it was like tag hashtag Melbourne Hair Blogger for your chance to be featured. So people that mm. hashtag whereas now I recommend for my students and my members and my coaching clients to use social sound school inside of their posts so I can keep track and see what the content is that they're creating if they're watching something inside of the membership lesson That's such a use good idea. Social sound yes. school inside of your hashtags if you're posting something about the membership on your page that way I can see all the content and then I can say, hey, do you mind if I grab that and share it on my page or can I use that inside yeah. of the members group or can I or can you share that post inside of the members group so they can see what you're up to? And it just creates more community around your brand rather than using like um, Blondes Adelaide. Cause that's everyone you know what i mean like it's like blush girl blondes a business whereas if it's like blondes adelaide it's everyone in adelaide's blonde yes. so
1: yeah you know it's kind of- yeah it's branding it's just more branding yeah. so it? you'
0: to see like in a bio on instagram when someone's like um hashtag best blondes in their bio you're like well if a client clicked on that they're gonna see everyone on instagram's best blondes <laughs> Oh, your competition. (laughs) I see that happen a lot. It's a very honest mistake that people make. But it's like sharing it and changing it. So literally like that's a feed dedicated to your business and they can see all the content that you create in there. So like even if you're going back to creating different accounts, like if you had um, like the Blush Girl Instagram page, in the bio of that could be hashtag stylist talk podcast. And then people click on that mm-hmm. and see all the content that's ever been created in that. Or with the Stylist Talk Instagram mm-hmm. account, you could have hashtag Stylist Talk podcast, and then ask each of your guests to take a photo, share it on the feed, and use Stylist Talk podcast. And then you will see all you, all of your guests' content inside of there. So it's basically just like creating a new feed. Mm,
1: so helpful. And this is what like this is yeah. I think it's that's why it's so good what you're doing because honestly we I think everybody is trying to figure out how to use social media and really we're all just completely winging it because we don't know we don't know what to do we don't know you know like it's it's completely there's so much unknown yeah. Yeah. isn't there with like social media and marketing like it's you know this is is this whole new thing this whole new opportunity but I think trying to get your head around it and trying to actually realize, okay, why am I like, that's what I, you know, try and think about more now is like, why am I posting that? And what is it actually going to achieve? Like, instead of just being like, you know, take a hundred photos and post, post them on, like, well, what is that actually going to achieve? How is that helping somebody? And like, actually trying to put a bit more thought behind it Um, because otherwise, you know, sometimes you're just putting out a million things and they're not actually doing anything. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, we are just all trying to figure out how to make this work. So that's why we need your class. It's really good.
0: (laughs) Well, I think going back to, you know, one of the reasons why I stepped off the salon floor indefinitely, I would say, I honestly don't have any, Mm -hmm. any idea of that. I'll ever go back to working in a salon, to be honest, because I love what I do so much now. Love I love it. it so much. Like I help yep. salon owners every single day grow their business or grow their following or getting a chance to be seen by new people. Do you know what? That actually sparks more joy in me now than working on a salon before. Mm. I get to spend time with my family. Mm. You know, I'm a mum of two and I get to help people every day in a new way, not making their hair, making them feel really good. Now it's actually... Back into what I love is the hairdressing community and helping them. That makes me so So happy. And even like some of the people that I've coached, I'm like, wow, okay, I actually can't believe I'm helping you because you're someone that I used to look up to. And now I'm like, you know, sitting in your salon, helping you with social media. I remember like there's a salon here in Melbourne, Rock Ebony. Like that's a huge salon, right? Even when I was doing my apprenticeship, that was like, you know, that was the cool salon. Right, it back like 20 years yeah. ago, they were the first people that ever inquired for my services when I launched. And I was like, wow, okay, this is amazing, sitting in their office, talking to them, consulting them about social media. And speaking to the owners was just like me sitting there going, oh, my God, I'm so scared, I'm so scared. Like, <laughs> you know, like that kind of like feeling. It's like that imposter syndrome, like I don't think I'm good enough to do this and, you know, helping people that when I was an apprentice I looked up to that salon and now knowing that i can help people like that like the people i used to look up to it's like the flip side right they're incredible at doing hair but now they needed my help to do social media marketing so yeah it's amazing like i get such a kick out of helping people with social media marketing even if it's just like the little things or you know even just getting approached by different people inquiring about things that i offer them or yeah it's been it's been awesome i love it so much
1: Yeah. And that must like, I guess, you know, going back to what you were just saying about those bigger salons or those people that you looked up to approaching you for help, uh, that must've been a really good, like reassuring sign that, okay, I'm onto something here. Yeah, it was
0: nice. And like, and like, I probably say this with confidence. Like I was probably maybe one of the first people in Australia that started doing social media education full-time for salon owners you know, and and doing that and seeing results that people are getting like that just made me so happy. And like I said before, you know, t- technology has always been a hobby of mine. I've always thoroughly enjoyed it. And now I've got to make a business out of doing something that was a hobby of mine and turning it into, you know, a business coaching people all over the world. So yeah, it's really cool.
1: So good, well done. I'm really happy Thank for you that you. <laughs> you've been able to do that because it's important. And actually that. Sort of leads me into my next question. I have two um, that I'm thinking of right now. They're completely different. So let's just go with the first one, which is like how, I mean, maybe just some tips on like how you manage, you know, running your platforms and obviously being a mum of two, because. I think that that is one thing that I have struggled with is um, obviously because this is literally 24 seven, like we have it with us all the time, super hard to put it down and not respond um, and, you know, focus on being mums when we need to. So I don't know, maybe you can just talk on that topic and maybe, I don't know if you've got any boundaries that you put in place or just any tips for for us who are trying to grow online, but also just, you know, needing to have some boundaries and switch yeah. off at yeah. times. So how are you do that? You know that what? Then?
0: Actually, in the past 12 months, I've changed my social media strategy a lot. And basically, it's mm. to work around family. And I think that's what we have to remember. Social media is, can be switched off at any time. Family can't. Kids come first. And, you know, my my brand values, my business values is family. I found that out when I left the industry, right? I, I knew that. I knew that that was my, that's my core value is family first. And like I said before, it's why I left the industry because, you know, I wasn't spending that time with my family. So I always knew like when I started this business that my kids are going to come first. I started this business when my son was uh six months old I think it was he never slept at night um you know and I know that I can put my phone down if I don't reply to people after nine o'clock it's probably because I'm in bed you know I might see the message it's been seen and you know I don't feel guilty at all for not writing back until the next day or I'll write a message back the next day saying oh sorry I was actually in bed so you know setting those boundaries with people don't ever feel guilty for not writing back straight away because you're a human don't feel like you're a computer Mm. because you're not you're a human being and Mm. i think you know that's when people and stylists get burnt out with messaging on social media i even know you know before instagram was a thing and facebook messenger was like the thing you know before i oh gosh that was like seven or eight years ago i was having clients me at like 11 o'clock at night saying um can i get my hair done tomorrow and i'm like Gosh, like 11 o'clock at night. Why are you messaging me? I wouldn't write back to the next day. And I wouldn't write back purposely until I got into the salon because I didn't have the appointment book in front of me. So I have no idea whether I can do your hair tomorrow. And I would write back and say, Oh, I I do have something. It's at 9 30. And they're like, Oh, that's in half an hour. But I messaged you at 11 o'clock last night. And I'm like, I wasn't working at that time. So, you know, setting those boundaries with clients. Don't feel guilty if you're not writing back straight away. Set up instantly replied messages or quick replies on Facebook or Instagram with business hours, I will only contact you within these business hours, set boundaries, um, you know, and even for me mm-hmm. posting on Instagram, you know what, Lauren, like in the past even four months since my daughter's been born, I maybe only post on Instagram two to three times a week, if that. Because yes. Again, I'm a human. I don't have time. I'm coaching people full-time all the time. And, you know, for me even to curate a, a valuable Instagram post, I'd rather post once or twice a week rather than every single day, because I know everything I'm sharing is actually a value and I'm not posting for the sake of posting. I'm posting with Mm -hmm. purpose. And if posting once or twice a week is consistent for me, then that's me. So if consistency is every day for you, then that's great. But for me as a mum, it's not. And, you know, I like to teach people that, that I coach that, yeah, of course you're going to grow your business quicker if you're posting every day because you're reaching more people, you're being seen, but if that's going to burn you out and make you hate social media, then once or twice a week is fine for you. That's great. Like good on you to be able to even get up a post once a week. You know, I think we have to get out of that mindset of, oh, my business isn't going to grow and I'm going to make no money if I'm not posting every day to Instagram. What about like 10 years ago when Instagram wasn't even a thing?
1: It's going to be fine. (laughs) I know. I mean, I have to admit, you know, it's a bit of a trap and it's not good. Um, But I think, you know, I definitely fell into that and I'm, I still trying to, you know, change my mindset. I do have weeks where I will be like, I have to post every day. And then I'll be like, what, why am I doing this? This is ridiculous. We're so busy. We're booked out. We're not taking new clients. Just, you know, it can just take the foot off a little bit and it's not going to fall apart. So I think that's definitely a lesson I've you know, learn only very recently, like after posting, you know, every day, like I made myself post every day for five years. Like that's what I told myself I had to do not because, because I just heard that somewhere. And so I followed it again. It's just, you know, just totally winging it. And I made myself do that. And, and now, like you said, i try and tell myself like, nothing's going to happen if you don't post, yes. <laughs> it's going to be okay. <laughs> so there is a lot of pressure. It does, it's, you do, you and we put, I put it on myself, but um, yeah, I think we just need to, I need to stop doing that. And maybe other people feel the same way. I don't know. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's not a lot of content to post, which I know a lot of salons don't right now, like half of Australia is in lockdown, right? Or like at least a quarter of Australia is in lockdown. You know, I have people come to me every day going, I've got no content. I got literally, what do I do? And I'm like, all right, create Instagram reels because they're a great source of content right now. You can create them on yourself. If you've got time to post because you're not at work, then sure, you can be posting an Instagram reel every single day. If you've got the time, if you don't, you're homeschooling your kids, mm. you're at home, it's overloading you, you don't even want to pick up your phone because everything we see on social media right now is like a debate, which you know, let's not get into that. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I even have days where I don't even pick up my phone, I just don't because you know, yes. I get emotionally overwhelmed looking at everything. You know, I'm in Melbourne, I've been in lockdown for six months. And, you know, all these debates about, you know, should salons be open? Should salons not be open? Like, it's so overwhelming. And and as a salon owner that you're probably listening to this, you know, for you as well, having your salon closed and seeing all these debates on social media, it can really spark a lot of anxiety in people too. So, you know, if you don't want to be on social media right now, gosh, you don't have to be. Because your mindset right now is the most important thing. And don't put pressure on yourself Mm -hmm. that you have to post on social media in order to grow your business. Because, you know, the best Mm -hmm. way that you will market yourself on social media is when you're in a positive mindset and you feel like posting. I feel like any of my posts that have got the best engagement is when I've posted with purpose, I felt really good about posting. And I'll only show up my Instagram stories when I feel like talking on my Instagram stories. I'm not going to just show up on Instagram stories because I think I have to in order to show my face every single day for people to know who I am. You know, if I'm showing my face on my Instagram stories two or three times a week, then that's fine for me. Um, You know, going back to being a salon owner. There is a lot of stress around social media and having to post every single day. And, you know, when maybe things go back to being a little bit more normal, things might change. You might feel like posting more and more and more. But for right now, if once or twice a week is consistent for you, then so be it.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like, it's okay for it to be more sometimes and less sometimes. Like it doesn't always have to be the same. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I know, I know consistency is good, but like, you know, you can have periods of time where like you're consistently only posting two times a week, and then other times where you are consistently posting more. It's like, it's, it's all more good content. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest stress for people right now is they've got nothing to post. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know. It's so hard. What are you telling them to post if they've got nothing?
0: Just don't worry about it. I'm going back and saying go into your insights, see what was your most engaged yeah. content from the past two years and recycle that. Yeah.
1: Oh, man, recycle. recycle. I recycle yeah. so much. It still can be just yeah. as
0: powerful, can't it? Yeah, you can create new hashtags after you've heard my tips about hashtags, um, yeah. create a new caption. But, yeah, just recycle that or even go back two years of content and click videos and videos mm-hmm. that weren't able to be real, yes.
1: turn them into real turn them into reels exactly exactly so good just quickly I what do you think about being on all the platforms just just really quickly like because obviously <laughs> yeah. there's so many do you think that we should be on all the platforms like what do you, do you think you're better off just to focus on one what's your thoughts?
0: Well going back to consistency and how often you should post but how much yep. you enjoy social media too if you're someone that's only just learning how to use Instagram, Focus on getting good on using Instagram. Yeah, Don't focus on getting good at everything all at the same time because you'll fail. Like, let's be honest, we can't be all good at everything, right? So get good at no. everything. Maybe you're enjoying using something like TikTok. So just focus on what you're good at. So don't focus on getting good at everything. Focusing on getting comfortable with what you enjoy doing. So if you enjoy doing TikToks, then get comfortable doing TikTok. If you feel confident doing Instagram Reels, Get confident yeah. in doing Instagram reels. And if you're someone that enjoys posting on Facebook, then maybe you can just post on Facebook. So, you know, get really comfortable using something when you feel like you've mastered it, move on to the next thing. I'll be honest, I've got no idea how to do TikTok. Like, I've, I watch it. I love consuming it. And then I see people adding on these filters and doing all these special effects. Mm. I've got to teach myself how to do that. Like I teach and coach Facebook and Instagram, but TikTok for me is a whole other world. Yeah. I love consuming content on there, but I need to learn how to do that. So you're not good at doing it. Either am I. So don't stress yourself out over doing that.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's a good tip. And I think it's the same with like our content creation. Like, you know you just have to find your thing that you enjoy and that you're good at and then just focus on that don't worry about all the other things just yeah you know, just be good at that that thing and that will that will grow your business so actually i did want to talk a little bit about account security this, it stresses me out so much um yeah just having that thought in the back of my mind that and i think you know this is kind of life really isn't it like anything can happen at any any time anything can be taken away from us so you know, we, we're dealing with that all the time, but I do, I do often think about with accounts, like we put so much work into them and it could just be, you know, gone overnight. And I guess with Instagram and Facebook, I don't really feel like there's anywhere that you can kind of go directly to get help. Like it's quite hard to get help if something goes wrong. Um, What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Like, have you had any experience with getting hacked or having people trying to take your account? Like,
0: has that happened to you? No, because my biggest tip is when you create an Instagram account for your business, your email address should be different to your business account. So yeah. no one should know your email address yeah. for your Instagram account. So for all of mine, I have a completely different email address that no one would ever know. So that's a that's a big thing, right? Yeah. But in talking about losing accounts, you got to remember, you don't own your account. No. Facebook, Instagram on in your account, my social selling school account back in May, I think I was telling you that I went to log in one day and I was logged out and my account was deleted. And I don't know why. And I still don't know why. And I lost my social selling school account for no reason that I know of. I wasn't I hacked. What happened? Yeah. So basically like lucky I know what I know, right? And I've been yeah. i was like I was really close to 10K followers, which was totally devastating. I was really like, I was a bit like, You know, I was a bit in the shits about it for a while. But then I thought, you know, my partner was like, you know what? You know so much about Instagram that you can grow it back. Within six weeks, I grew 1,400 new followers because I knew what I knew. I honestly didn't even promote it. Like I lost my account. Like I didn't even tell anyone because I was just a bit like, well, this feels a bit crap because I teach social media and I lost my account. But then in saying that I was reading on a few platforms, a few other people lost their accounts back in May too. So I don't know what happened. Um, But, you know, always putting your two-factor authorization on your accounts as well, changing your email address to a separate email address that no one knows about, keeping Mm -hmm. it very private. Um, You know, a lot of people do get these random DMs from Instagram saying, oh, your account's like copyright or whatever, don't ever fall for them. Instagram will never send you a DM. They will only send you an email and you'll know that it's from them. Um, So don't ever fall for any of those ones that come into your DMs. I'm sure everyone's got one of those spammy ones before saying that. um, No, it's not. 100% just delete and block. Um, But yeah, make sure that, you know, you've got all your account security on. If you ever do need to talk to anyone at Facebook, if you go into business.facebook.com, you can actually request to speak to a representative. It has like a little question mark down the bottom it's on the left side you'll see like a little question mark in a box you can tap on that and then it'll come up to answer these questions and then it will say speak to an agent or speak to a representative I went on that when I lost my account and then yeah it took like three or four days to get back to me and it said my account had been deleted so I honestly don't even know what happened they just said from time to time we can make mistakes but I honestly don't know what happened there so yeah but like I said I saw on a few different forums for like women in business that a few people also lost their accounts back in May. So I have no idea what happened, but yeah, at the end of the day, you have to remember that you don't own your Instagram yeah, account.
1: I know. And actually that's probably a really good. Um, one thing that I think it's good to have is, is your website. Cause
0: at least you have a little bit more. Your business is worth nothing without database of clients. So the same thing, having a website, this is why having a website is so important and not to rely on Facebook or Instagram as your website, because it's not, it's not, you don't own it. You own your website. You don't own your Facebook or Instagram account. So yeah, you have to remember those kind of things. You have to build a database of people that you can email or have a website that you can update people about things on. So yes, it is great and powerful for your business. Don't get me wrong. It's incredibly powerful. You know, I've grown, I've grown clients from all over the world because of Instagram. But again, I don't own that account. So I'm just grateful that I have it. And I've been able to build, build on it. Um, But obviously making sure, you know, you read through the Instagram terms and conditions, you read through their community guidelines, you read through all of their, ads policies you read through everything the e-commerce policies anything like that if you break the rules on instagram that's in your account you're gone and you know i don't even know if i did or i didn't like i have no idea they don't send you a warning so yeah that's how easy it can be to be gone if you're not reading thoroughly through the guidelines
1: yeah it's so good for us to all remember that i think Yes, yeah, really important. Um, okay, well, I'm just conscious of time. I know you've got your baby inside.
0: <laughs> Have you got your baby That's inside? Like Daddy, Daddy, daycare is looking after Frank. Okay, himself. good.
1: <laughs> well, my uh, other question was like about, um, you know, what would you say to someone who maybe wasn't utilizing social socials, and you know was, I guess, just having a bit of a negative, um, you know, feeling towards it and was just, like, not really seeing its value. Like, how do you feel? I mean, you've kind of touched on it a little bit as we've been speaking and saying, you know, if you don't want to, then don't. Is that is that what you think? Like, because I guess, I don't know, like, I am so passionate about it. I see how much it's helped us grow and I, I, I really, I know that we, we still, I still would have had a successful business without um, social media, of course, but it would have looked a lot different. It would have looked yeah. different to this. And you know, we're in the middle of nowhere, and um, you know, just on a random back street in the suburbs uh, without the internet. I just don't think people would have known about Blush Girl. So, you know, it's been a, it's been a huge opportunity that I've tried to take advantage of as much as possible. How do you feel about people who don't see that? And what would you say to them?
0: How long did I make that question? Oh, that's it. I think, you know, with anything to do with business, it comes down to having a strategy. Okay. Mm -hmm. So one day you set up an Instagram account and you've got no idea where to start, what to do, what your brand strategy is, even coming down to things like a brand kit. Do people recognize you? On Instagram or Facebook based on the brand colors that you have in the salon or your marketing on the shop on the street wow. like yeah. relatable to what you're looking like on on Instagram because ideally in this world that we live in in this tech world your Instagram account is your online shop front okay so whatever that looks like has to reflect your business in person right mm-hmm. so having yeah. a strategy first and foremost is going to be your key point to getting started. Because like I said, a lot of people start up this Instagram account and they've got no idea what to do. They're like, I've just been told I need an Instagram account, but I have no idea how to use it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, outsourcing either some coaching or a social media manager or someone that can help you is going to help obviously grow your business. Because, you know, using social media, I'm not going to lie, is a full-time job. It really is. But even for me, I coach social media, I teach social media, and even for me posting on social media, like I said before, doesn't happen every day. Because again, it's a full-time job. Mm -hmm. So don't stress about it. If you need help, ask. Yeah, Yeah, get get help. Yeah, get help. If you don't know where to start, you can message me, I can help you, you know, and you know, if you don't have time to do all the education and the branding, then I coach social media managers for salons, my style of marketing, because that's how the salon owners want. Like they're really interested in the way that I coach people and the way that I set up businesses using social media. They want to teach their social media managers some tips and tricks around the hair and beauty industry, which just which happened to me a lot because, you know, they've outsourced social media managers that have never worked with a salon. But I'm a hairdresser, mm-hmm. so exactly the way that hairdressers talk because you know you have to think as well if you do outsource someone like a social media manager do they know how to speak like a hairstylist because the words and the way that your brand voice sounds has to reflect your business too and if you're outsourcing you can tell because it doesn't say oh yeah I can tell straight away <laughs> whereas you know if yeah. someone's writing it themselves you can tell because maybe it's the same way they write a text message to you maybe it's the same way they talk mm. to you in the salon maybe their yeah. personality it's reflects the way that they curate captions but if it's someone that's you know outsourced it does sound a little bit robotic so making mm. sure that everything you do reflects back to your brand your business and your personality
1: yeah yeah definitely so good Should I give you my final question? It's a big one. Yeah. What are you hoping to achieve in your time as a social media coach for salon owners? What's your bigger purpose, your long-term vision that keeps you showing up and stops you from giving in?
0: Wow, that's a good one. That's actually a really good question. I think for me, you know, going back to... My brand values was always to help the industry and always help to promote the industry because it's something that I'm really passionate about. So even if I can see someone, you know, growing their business by one customer or 10 customers or, you know, giving their business a total overhaul and being booked out for months and months on end, that makes me so happy because, you know, basically what I'm sharing with people is the tips and tricks that I used to be a stylist that was booked out for six months in advance. I'm just teaching people what I know works for Instagram, the tips that I, I used to help build myself as a stylist and now to help salon owners all over the world. Um, you know, but then going back to community, I just love helping people be seen in our industry. Whether it's someone that has you know 100 followers or someone that has 100,000 followers, getting their content seen by other people and other stylists. You know, I think now in you know the past you know year. Now has never been a better time to support other hairstylists. And I think people have come to realize that my brand values that I started six and a half years ago have really come into play right now because people have known that, you know, our community. We have all been in the same boat at some stage in the, past 12, in the past 12 months. So, you know, we can really group together now to share another stylist tips and tricks. Maybe repost something that another stylist has done. Whereas, you know, six years ago, people were really scared to do that. Whereas now they're like, I saw this awesome hair tutorial. I want to share it with all my clients. And that's another salon in the same city as me. So they're not afraid of sharing content anymore because they're scared they're going to lose clients. Whereas actually the total opposite, clients will just keep coming back to you if they love what you do. So you're getting over those fears as well. I feel like I've created a lot of community that people didn't have before. So, yeah, I'm really Mm -hmm. grateful for the community that I have. And I love coaching people so much and, you know, seeing their results is what makes me keep doing what I'm doing.
1: Thank you. That's so perfect. Mm. Well done. I totally agree with what you said um, around the community. I think, uh, yeah, we definitely have had those walls up, haven't we? Yeah. We've not wanted to, like, connect with with each other. Um, and we've really, like, you know, just seen each other as a competition. And I, I agree. I think you've really helped to break that down, definitely. And you're right. Like it is really coming into play now. Like I think more than ever, we all need each other. And and yeah, I think yeah, it's really important. It's yeah. definitely that's why I want to do this because I feel the same. Like you know, I'm interviewing salon owners who are in the same state as me, and there's definitely in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, this is, is this is a bit weird because in a way they're my competition. But then I think, no, there's room for all of us. And you know, we, we'll all keep our clients if we're doing great work. There's nothing to worry about. I think it's, yeah, just really important to have that support and that community network. So yeah, yeah well done for doing that. And thank you so much for joining me on Stylus Talk. I'm so glad we got to finally do this. <laughs> and I really want to do something with you when we can one day. I would love that. Or even just have you come and do your class here again.
0: Um, yeah, I really look forward to that. And we can cross the border and come in. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh.
0: Oh, it will be next year. Yeah, next, next year. year. Next year, fingers crossed. All right, beautiful. I'm going to go because I have to pick Noah up from childcare. All right. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. All right, beautiful. Bye. Nancy. See you.
1: Thank you for listening to Stylist Talk podcast. You can find Nicole. And all her business information on her pages at Melbourne Hair Blogger and at Social Salon School. And you can listen to the podcast on Apple and Spotify and leave us a five-star review say that every time please don't forget if you want to connect with me directly you can reach out on my instagram which is changed for the hundredth time after i did my class with nicole actually i did a one-on-one so my personal account is now called at LoveBlushGirl, girl and i would love so much to connect with you